Look at us, all four of us together. Tell you what, what pro? We were together yesterday. Yeah, we at Bones Cafe. We were having some. What were you guys eating? Anyway? Oh. You were having Rubens oh. or something. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 no what did no, you guys no. have? Pastrami. You had pastrami. Half a pastrami oh. with chicken noodle soup oh, and a guy. Come on. Oh. And and chicken noodle David soup. took us there, oh. and then he had a oh, he's vegeta- the- vegetarian yeah. egg sandwich <laughs> after he. I'm drooling with pastrami desire, yeah. and he yeah. eats an egg sandwich with vegetables yeah. in it. Well, at least at least you got the pastrami. That's true. I did. That was yeah. very nice. Yeah. <clears throat> then you went over and got us some little confectionery delights next door. Oh, I'm telling yeah. you, Karsh's, if if you come to Phoenix and you oh, can make your gosh. way to Karsh's, that bakery will treat you right. The oh. black and white. The black, the black and, white and white cookie. No, you didn't get one for us. I know. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was just no. you like us. Just for my lady. <laughs> you don't love Valentine's us like that. Was she glad that oh. she got her cookie? She was gl- glad and mad. She said, this does not fit my dietary patterns right now. <laughs> <laughs> and she promptly ate it. Uh, that's great. So you had Valentine's already? Yeah, last yeah, night. You yeah, oh, extra points great. for mm-hmm. Valentine's all through the week. Because I remembered early. That's oh, right. yeah. Now, would, would, would you have Valentine's on Valentine's? I'd better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd better do something. <laughs> I've learned that. Nothing uh, fully replaces doing something on that day. That's right. But we, I tried last uh, night. Yeah, yeah it's it good. It's good to get a, a run at it. Yeah. Yeah. Stacy says to me, don't do as much as you did last year. Well, no, that's code for don't yeah. you dare not do what That's you did right. last yeah, year. I remember yeah, what I'm you did last stupid. year. Yeah. Yeah. And John's going, what did I do last year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did we have Valentine's Day last year? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst. She's setting up reservations for something that we're doing on Valentine's Day. I'm, oh, yeah? I'm the yeah, worst. You got it. You, yeah, you you gotta step that up a little. You really, do your own it, is it for her or just you and her? Yeah. <laughs> it's just for me. Actually, just for me. Uh, he's going to get a massage, a pedicure. Yeah. Honey, it was wonderful. It made me think of you. Yeah. Yeah. Would you read us a story? I will. I will okay. read us a story. Okay, you guys, we're on on my worst day, and it is 1969. Pyracantha is nearly irrefutable proof of the existence of Satan. I believe it to be his personal plant of choice. In even the harshest climates, it steadily matures into a stickered hedge of death. I'm almost certain as a boy I witnessed a neighbor's dachshund chasing a ball into the pyracantha and never coming out. A tiny yelp and then eerie silence. Two hedges of it came with our Phoenix home purchase, front yard and back, uh, picture green barbed wire with inedible red berries. Trimming it was part of my particular list of chores. Chores were at the center of the tension between my father and me during high school. He thought I should do them. I felt strongly I should not. <laughs> Especially one summer, I thought I should not be asked to do anything during summer break but stay out long after the street lights came on. I was to pick up dog poot clean the pool, make my bed, wash the car, mow the lawn, and keep up with the ever-advancing pyracantha. Nearly every day it was the same. Dad. John, did you do your chores? John. Indistinguishable mumbling. Dad, well, you're not leaving this house until they're done. John, louder, nearly indistinguishable mumbling. And so it went, my half-hearted keeping of chores after enough nagging and threats. One June morning, this all changed. Before he walked out the door for work, he found me. 
I was doing nothing, preparing for an entire day of doing nearly nothing. He was wearing black dress slacks, a starched white shirt, and a red tie held to his shirt with a clip. John, I don't tell you enough how much I care about you. You bring a lot of life and laughter to our home, and your mom and I are so proud of you. Do you know that? Do I tell you that enough? And then he headed to the door, turning back to say, Hey, if you want, when I get home, we could play some catch, huh? And then he was off. So are my plans for the rest of the day. I still don't know what happened. Did he take a parenting class the evening before? Regardless, almost involuntarily, I walked to our shed and pulled out our hedge trimmers. They were rusted and jammed. I had no gloves. I poured a jug of water and walked out into the Phoenix summer heat to tackle the hellish pyracantha. I dug deep into that spreading vine of death. I reshaped that ignored mass of thorns that into something almost resembling a manicured hedge. It took me almost all day. I didn't care. I don't think I ever worked that hard, ever. My hands were blistered from the antique hedge trimmer, and my arms were bleeding from picking up thorn-covered vines formed during the Hoover administration. I took garbage can after garbage can to the alley, and I mowed up the last scraps that I couldn't get by hand. I was in my bedroom when I heard his 62 Chevy wagon turn into the carport. Mom greeted him at the door. Jim, you have got to come see what John did today. And through the mostly closed blinds on my bedroom window, I watched him walk out to inspect what I'd done. Then the reason I had canceled a summer day with buddies. He smiled. I rarely got to see that smile. He was beaming. He was proud of his son. I was getting to be the son he described to me before he left for work. A rebellious high school kid turned friend in one exchange. Though my dad didn't have God as his motivation, something about being formed in the very image of God caused him to affirm and bless a son who less than deserved it. And that son found himself wanting to uh, bring great joy to his father. Awakening. The motivation of grace will always bear greater fruit than the coercion of demand. Read that again, John. The motivation of grace will always bear greater fruit than the coercion of demand. So you can get people to do things, though, through other means than just grace, right? And, and for all my life that I could remember, that is how it worked before mm. that day. Yeah. And, and sometimes still after that day. Yeah. But something, code got changed in that day in our family, at least with my dad and I. But, but truly, it was a battle, a constant battle between my dad and I yeah. up until that point. It was, yeah. And it's so interesting. Up until that point, the highest level of response you could get to was compliance. That's right. Some degree of compliance. That's right. Yeah. So coercion creates <coughs> compliance. And love, depend- love does something. What did you do that day, John? You obeyed your dad. That's right. Isn't that interesting? That's right. That, that, that's what you did that day. Heart, yeah. With heartfelt obedience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But you obeyed your dad. What? Why? What created the obedience? 
was something different in you? No, it was what he did with you yeah. when he loved you. It's a great story, John. Yeah. It's just a great story. It's a great parenting principle, isn't Absol- it? You, Absolutely. You, you, when we are writing this book on parenting, that, that'll be a, a part of that. It's not even the son. I didn't do anything different. I didn't, I didn't become a great son. I responded to his love. Exactly. And neither one of you knew Jesus at the time. So this In is... Spades. This is, yeah, this is, uh, we, we call this God's common grace. That's right. That, That's that right. you were made, you were both made in the image of God. So and, you and respond this, to this. And this principle is true for believer or non-believer. That's it. That's because it's a true principle. That's Isn't that right. interesting? That's right. It's the truth. Yeah. Love does that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So why don't um, people who know Jesus use grace to motivate more often. Why, why, why do they, they get to know Jesus, they're made in the image of God, and then all of a sudden they switch off to, from the motivations That's of right. grace to what kinds of motivations that they I, choose? I, why, why I, that? That's such a good question, Bruce. I wonder if they presume when they watch their kids on the couch doing nothing, playing video games, or, or being... <coughs> Indifferent. I wonder if they just get frustrated and, and, and go into parent mode, go into cop mode, and, and forget that child is waiting to be loved well so that they can obey. There's something in me that wants to, mm-hmm. but it has to, be, uh, it has to be motivated first by the parent. Mm. And, and I will look like I am this lazy bum who would never... I mean, there's no way that day I could have ever done that amount of work, no matter how much he promised to pay, no matter what, what, whatever was exactly. on the line. Exactly. Isn't that crazy? The and you never imagined doing it on your own. Yeah. That's like, right. ever. That's, That's right. It was never in you to say, oh, I can't wait for my dad to leave from work today. Someday I'm going to go <laughs> to, I'm going to do this. See, it's, right. it's, it's an amazing thing. I, I think... Tragically, Bruce, I mean, uh, there's almost nothing we can teach that isn't tied into something else. But, but in reality, it's the old bait and switch all over again. Mm-hmm. That's right. Christians can get back into the mode of believing the principle of law can actually create what only grace can create. That's yeah. really what we're teaching. <clears throat> and, yeah. and, and a parent can go into, well, this is fair, this is right. And you're not doing your exactly. share, so I'm going to get a m- motivation that destroys any hope of you ever getting it right. Or yeah. it's like when a parent would say, you'll do this, well, let me say it the other way, if you love me, yeah. then you'll do this, or you'll do this because you love me. Well, if if you do it because you love me is different than I actually do love you, therefore my motivation is doing that. Because I remember being told, you really should be doing your chores with with a sense of joy. And I'm like, well, <coughs> that be because I like doing my chores? No, <laughs> I hate this. So I first have to have a sense of wanting to love somebody through the action, not prove that I love you because I'm going to do the action. The love part has got to, I've got to be convinced. And David, yeah. that's a huge, yeah. huge response because something about what my dad did, it wasn't a scripted thing. Yeah. He meant it. Yeah. And, and it, it, was, it was a breakthrough yeah. for my dad. His dad hadn't told him that. <laughs> that had not been in our family line. For him to say those words was like reciting 
Egyptian Aramaic. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was brand new for our family, and I responded to it. Yeah. And, and you did something in that response. You waited for his smile at the end of the day because <coughs> you knew that that day you had honored your dad. Yes. Oh, yeah. You knew that. That was true. It wasn't an issue of whether that day I woke up that I love my dad. I really love my dad. I didn't know how to honor him. That's right. Isn't that yeah. interesting? That's I did not know how to honor him. Insight. What a great insight. <clears throat> yeah. But today I got to honor my dad. And and it it like like you say in the story, John. I mean, it was just it, it was a day like no other day. That's right. Wow. I think sometimes parents are uh, impatient as well, and they know they can get the behavior they That's want right. if they force it, if yes. they coerce it. And so it's it's kind of like opening a like a, a rose petal with your hands before it really is ready to flower, and. You can get it open. You can, you can get it open, but it's, it's, it's going to be ruined. Yeah, <laughs> it's not pretty. It's not pretty. That's We're talking good. some parenting sacrilege here. <laughs> exactly. You, people are like, you kidding me? If my kid doesn't do what I tell him to do, then everything's lost. You know, like, I've lost control. Well, Why don't you lose there, some control? And there mm-hmm. are obviously times when I have to resort yeah. to, wait, no. There's a consequence to this. There is a reality to that. We're not minimizing that. But this was a long historical pattern being broken. Yes, yes, right. Well, next week uh, we'll have David come back and take care of the sacrilege. (laughs) That's right. Because you're all by yourself. You can read anything you want (laughs) next week, David. It's going to be your favorite podcast. (laughs) (laughs) David, we'll see you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye, you guys.